Welcome to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit dedicated to the idea that every part of the Bible, Old Testament and New, is about Jesus. And this podcast is our experiment to publicly test that belief. Every episode, hosts David Bowden and Seth Stewart work through a biblical text to see how it helps us see and savor Jesus. Let's jump in. Well, welcome everyone to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Seth, how are you feeling today? Excellent. 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 Exemplary. Exemplary. Yes. And I, uh, yeah. Yeah. COVID free since 2020. <laughs> COVID free <laughs> since 03. <laughs> no. Since 03. Uh, yeah. So uh, we're in the middle of filming right now. We are. Yeah. We just filmed Esther yesterday. We just finished filming Esther and we start filming um, Lamentations introduction yep. tomorrow. And this is our this is, last new podcast for the year. Yes. Next week we will release. Uh, we're going to rebroadcast the Book of Genesis. Yeah, the first book of the Bible. The first we feel book like of the Bible. A lot of people probably missed it because it was really so early. We really liked it. It's really foundational to understanding the rest of the Bible. It is, and it's classic. It's vintage, Seth and David. Vintage. <laughs> <laughs> 2018. 2018 was a was great so year. <laughs> That's so fun. Um, so if you are listening to it. Let's do it again or not. Yeah. Uh, take a break. Take a break. No, don't take a break. Take all that time to leave us a great review. <laughs> Otherwise, uh, you should totally listen uh, and enjoy the break. And we'll be back with Hosea in January. Yeah, that's going to be awesome. Uh, so, but anyway, today though, uh, we're in Philippians. And I said all of that about filming and everything to say this, which is today is, is, an, is an anomaly for me because okay. you have studied Philippians a little bit yes, more than I have. It's true. Because I've been directing, directing. On, on film set. And so Seth just told me, just come on in. Uh, ha, you know, ha, read it, you know, re read it a few times and, you know, grab a, grab a commentary or two and just kind of pick at it. But I will try. Come in with questions. I will attempt to be a expert. <laughs> yes, Seth the expert. Which you, I, I always see you that way. I very rarely <laughs> see myself that way, so I appreciate the affirmation. Yes. But so we're in Philippians. Yep. Uh, if you were to say why I should be extremely excited about this conversation about Philippians, uh, other than the fact that it's inspired word of God in the Bible revealing to us the glory of Jesus, um, sp specifically Philippians, why should I care today? Because, uh, as a great counselor once said, um, <laughs> all of us suffer some of the time and mm. some of us suffer all the time. And what Philippians tells us is that when we share in Christ's sufferings, we will also share in his resurrection. Mm, yeah. Uh, and that's kind of like he, Paul says it pretty much exactly those words in Philippians chapter two. And most of the letter is him expounding on different ways that that truth, when we share in Christ's sufferings, we also share in his resurrection, should impact not just our relationship with suffering, mm. but our relationship with each other, our relationships with uh, the, the people we're in at church, yeah. um, and how it just should transform the way that we even view our lives and the hostility we experience around us. Okay, interesting. Yeah, when I read Philippians, like having read it a few times today even, uh, I wasn't thinking like, man, this book just really addresses suffering head on. You know, like yeah. I would think uh -huh. of Job or even like First and Second Thessalonians, yeah. you know, uh, because it's such a happy book. It is a happy it's book. It's a very optimistic, the word happy book. Rejoicing yeah. or joy appears 16 times. Oh my goodness. Yeah, yeah, isn't this the epistle of joy? Some people call it so, that. Yeah, right. Uh, he, the word glad is used a couple times. It's glad. a happy book. It's a happy book. 
It's a ha- Paul. I, I even wrote in my in, in my notes. Paul is happy. <laughs> <laughs> that's a man. That's deep. That's deep. That's deep work. Uh, and in fact, like it was joy that motivated Paul to write this letter in the first place. Oh, so the, okay. The, the, the Philippian. Uh, so he's not mad. In he's this not scenario. mad in this scenario. <laughs> unlike Galatians, which is all heat from the very beginning. Philippians. Paul's in jail. Oh so yes, right. Context. Is this Roman imprisonment, jail time? Oh, it has to be because at the end of the letter he says that some of he, Caesar's household has become to believe yes. because of his imprisonment. So yes. yeah, he's in Rome. He's in under Rome. House he, there's a, a couple of different references to Rome in right. Philippians. Okay. So uh, again, like Ephesians and uh, Colossians, a lot of people assume these three were written around the same time. Right. These are known as the prison epistles. Yep. Yeah. Uh, and what was your question? Oh, oh why is it why joy? joy? Why? Well, so he's in prison. Yeah. And the Philippians send Paul a gift. Oh, like a like a popcorn bucket? Like a popcorn bucket with a whole bunch <laughs> the, of like razor blades in it. So you get like, <laughs> oh, to escape from prison. <laughs> I was like, that got dark. Yeah, no, but, oh, escape from prison. Escape. No. Okay. Yeah, no, they, they sent a, 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 <laughs> a gift. Uh, it could have been money. It could have been food. We don't uh-huh. know what it was. Books. Uh, books, scrolls. parchment, scrolls, whatever. Yeah. And a man named Epaphroditus, a man from their church, went to go deliver mm. it to him. And Paul even says that joy is the reason he wrote it mm. because whenever Epaphroditus comes and visits him, he says in chapter four, verse 10, I rejoiced in the Lord greatly that now at length you have revived your concern for me. <laughs> revived so he, he's like, he's like sitting in prison wondering if anybody has like remembered him. And then the Philippians not only send gifts, but a man mm. from the Philippian church to come and minister to him. Right, which is like classic Philippian move, right? They've been a supporter of Paul from the beginning. Yep. It says that he they were some, from the beginning of the gospel mm-hmm. is the way it says it in chapter three. Yeah, they were some of his first financial supporters as a missionary. Yep. And he even references them in Second Corinthians as the exemplar of generosity. Uh, of generosity for the Corinthian church to follow suit. Yes. Even though they are traditionally more more impoverished of a church they yep. are giving more than than rich churches are that's right okay so he loves the philippians so he loves the Philippi- he's a long 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 standing relationship with them he apparently knows everybody there mm-hmm. uh, he's writing to Udia, uh, Uodia. 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 we had to look up the pronunciation of this uh, in Syntyche. he yep. knows the people there has a deep affection for him. He one time he uses the word yearn i yearn for mm-hmm. you like if you're going to get anything away besides joy yeah. it's like Joy occasioned the letter. He's so excited that the Philippians remembered him. But he also has a deep personal connection with these yeah, people. Yeah, he loves these people. He just loves them. Yeah, absolutely. He's been with them from the beginning. And so when uh, we're, we're, we first read about um, the Philippian church and its founding really in Acts 16, right? That's right. Okay, so like w- really briefly, yeah. what happens in Acts 16? <laughs> Who are some of the people that are in this church? What was its story of, of origin, that uh, kind of thing? Acts 16 is like one of the most famous stories in the Bible. It's mm-hmm. when the the jail that Paul, and Sil- Paul, Timothy, and Silas, or Paul and Silas are in prison. Yes. And then there's an earthquake. Right. And the doors bust open. Yep. And the Philippian jailer wants to kill himself because all the pr- he thinks all the prisoners are escaping. And he's going to be killed the next morning and anyway. He's going to get killed the more- next morning anyway. And Paul's like, no, 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 don't kill yourself. Let me tell you the gospel. And he gets saved. <laughs> it's a big deal. And this yes. is a, it's a classic children's church story. It is. And yep. it's like. I think I've done a VBS skit where like. Everybody. Who yes. hasn't? Who hasn't been who? the Philippian jailer? <laughs> uh, so there's him. So yeah, there's him. So this crazy, and his family and his whole family. Yep. We also have Lydia. She or the woman from Lydia. Right. She's an Asian businesswoman who is one of the first uh, convert in Philippi. Wow. Um, and then you also have uh, the reason why they're Paul in and Silas prison. are in jail is because 
there was a slave girl mm-hmm. who had been possessed by a demon that like let her tell the future that allowed her to tell the future <laughs> paul cast the demon out right so she can't tell the future anymore apparently right. and her like masters who were selling this gift of hers yeah her get really her. mad yeah the, the people who were exploiting the young girl get mad and then start a riot and get yep. paul thrown in prison right and these and we are never told that that little girl becomes uh, a Christian. Becomes a Christian. That's true. But these are the three people that are mentioned at the founding of the Philippian church. Yes. So Paul has some history. Yeah. His receipts with these people. Yes. It's like pretty fun stuff. Earthquake, Philippian jailer about to commit suicide. Exor- or, uh, exorcism. An Asian businesswoman selling purple all over the place is funding the house church movement. And then you got an exorcism. I was like, this is this is a pretty sweet church. This is exciting. Here in Oklahoma, we just, someone decides to build a church and, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's like there's some guy who has a truck and a couple of hand saws. That's what happens. That's what happens. <laughs> okay, uh, so Paul has a history with these people. He loves them. They've been with him from the beginning. They had some really big moves of God that started it. They've been generous towards him. And then now he's in Rome, in prison, away from them. And they send him a, a gift basket yep. with nifty gifties. Nifty gifties. And he is overjoyed because they remembered him. And he sends them this epistle of joy. Yes, that's exactly right. To say, thank you. I love you too. I remember you. Uh, and like, and he ends up talking a lot about his chains. He does. You kind of uniquely among the letters that he sends, he talks a lot about the fact that he is imprisoned. Mm-hmm. So there co- could be a couple of reasons for that. One, it's like he deeply, deeply knows these people and they're so concerned for him in prison that they send him somebody to minister to him in prison. Oh, right. So it makes sense that he's going to talk about the fact that he's in prison, what that experience is like, yeah, and how I wonder, he has hope in it. I wonder what Epaphrodites, like what his like demeanor was. Like, oh, poor Paul. Poor Paul. Are you okay? We've heard horror stories. Like, are you, he's like, right. I'm fine. I'm fine. <laughs> but like, it's not that like, oh, prison's cushy. That's not his answer. It's I'm fine because in prison, you think I'm in prison, but actually I'm in Christ. Yes. And that's his, That's like a huge point for Paul here, right? Yeah. Uh, ver- chapter one, verse 12. Uh-huh. I want you to know. So this is the start of his letter proper. Like, yes, okay. I want you to know. Here's What do you think about me in prison? Here's what I want you to know. Brothers, what has happened to me has really served to advance the gospel mm-hmm. so that it has become known throughout the whole imperial guard. That's another reference to Rome. Yes. And to all the rest of my, my imprisonment is for Christ. Right. And most of the brothers have become confident in the Lord because of my imprisonment are much more bold to speak without fear. Oh, okay. I mean, so that makes sense. So they, you know, if the founder of your world-changing religion, not founder, but like the person who brings it to you, you know, who's like leading this big house church movement in Macedonia where you live, you find out that he's in prison and that things are going really badly. You're like, oh no, what's going to happen to the movement? What's going to happen to us? What's going to happen to us? Was he actually, was, was what he said actually true? You know, like, why is he in prison? You know, like Mm -hmm. you think the whole like movement that started with Paul is now coming crumbling down. He's like, no, it's actually going further and wider and deeper because yeah. I'm in prison. Right. Did you, did you have any access to Imperial guards? Right. I do. Yeah. And now they know about Jesus. What's interesting <laughs> too is, you know, that the story of the Philippian jailer, like went crazy in the early house church. Yeah. And he's like, remember that story? Uh, How yeah. God used imprisonment to further the gospel? That's cool. That's your right. story, Ben, or whatever his name was. You know? Right, yeah, yeah. <laughs> Just going to name him the Ben, the Philippian jailer. <laughs> and he's like, the same thing's happening. The guards, whom you were, Ben, yeah. <laughs> are also learning the gospel Get just like you ben. did, Ben. 
His name's Ben now. His name's Ben now. <laughs> but you know, I, I think it's, right. it's the same thing. He's like, what happened in mm. Philippi is happening in Rome. Yep. That's, that's cool. exactly right. And then he goes on and he says, I will rejoice in this. Mm-hmm. Yes, I will rejoice because which, I know. Which weren't they rejoicing in the prison? They were singing. They, they were, were singing, singing hymns. hymns. Okay, anyway, so, we're seeing yeah, connections. Even the word joy is used in Acts 16. 16. He talks about the That's joy cool. that he has. Yeah. And then he, said, he gives him another reason. I will rejoice in all this. Uh, verse 19. Okay. Because I know that through your prayers and the help of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, this will turn out for my deliverance. Mm. So he, know, he is confident that his sufferings will end in deliverance like that's his hope <laughs> it's yeah but then in the next verse he says and that deliverance whether that be by life or by death yeah he's like <laughs> well either way it's deliverance but yeah which is so interesting he's like i don't mean i'm definitely getting out of jail alive he means i will be delivered maybe yes. that'll be while i'm alive but even if i die yeah i'll still be this delivered. comes right up to the edge of one of the most famous verses in philippians is for me to live is christ but to die is game so if i go on living here in prison that's a christ that that is me being with christ in his suffering yeah. but if i die it's a big profit for me because i yeah. get to be with christ not not only will i be in christ i'll be with christ another way to say it is paul doesn't imagine his sufferings in prison mm. and his potential martyrdom as a sacrifice oh yeah he's staying alive to serve others is mm-hmm. he's like it'd actually be better for me to go and be with Jesus forever. Right, I'd rather be martyred. That's not a sacrifice. That's not a sacrifice. I guess so much, something far more. It's The sacrifice is to stay here <laughs> in prison keep and, and keep doing this thing that I've been mm-hmm. doing. But that would be Christ to me. Mm-hmm. I would get to be Christ yes. to you and to others right. by staying in my imprisonment. So that's why I can rejoice in my sufferings because neither death nor life scares me right now. Right. Ever. Okay. So... Uh, I really, with what you just said, want to jump ahead to okay. Philippians two and the Christ hymn. Yeah. Uh, can I do? Yes. Can we do I, that? Yes. Yes. Okay. Yeah. Okay. So you, you were saying like I want to, I get to be Christ if I keep living, mm-hmm. and then he goes, now let me. What does that mean to be Christ? And he gives this little preface at the top of of chapter two, which makes you feel like there is some kind of internal drama going on in the Philippian church because he seems he he says like if you have any encouragement for me or any participation in the uh, the spirit. He, and he just begs them to be of one mind, which means mm-hmm. they might not be of one mind. They Complete they might, his joy by yeah. being of one mind. Yeah, and yeah. so it's like, be of one mind. Hey, don't only look over after your own interests, but look to the interests of others. So apparently people are being selfish in Philippi. Mm-hmm. And so he's like, and then he gives them the this famous Christ hymn, which uh, scholars think that other than the hymn in Colossians 1, this is probably the oldest statement of faith one of the oldest statements of faith in the bible in the new testament about jesus and yeah. it just talks about how jesus should, even you want to read it let's read it no, yeah, read it, yeah. have this mind among yourselves which is yours in christ jesus who though he was in the form of god did not count equality with god a thing to be grasped but emptied himself by taking the form of a servant being born in the likeness of men and being found in human form he humbled himself by becoming obedient to the point of death even death on the cross. Therefore, God has highly exalted him and bestowed on him the name that is above every name, so that the name of Jesus, every knee should bow in heaven and on earth and under the earth, and every tongue confess that Jesus Christ is Lord, to the glory of God the Father. Yes. So, there's a lot of famous verses in Philippians. Oh, a ton, yes. So, and this is one of them. Yeah, yeah, and so this is the Christ hymn, is what this is often called. And what he's talking about is, okay, uh, if anybody shouldn't need to be humbled, 
you know, it's God. And even though Jesus is God himself, he did not hold on to that, but humbled himself to the point of becoming a human and then being found as a human, that wasn't humiliation enough for him. He then humbled himself to a a, a scandalous death on a cross. And that is who I'm being like by staying alive here in prison. But he says, it will mean deliverance for me. Why? We'll finish the Christ hymn. Because after Jesus suffered death on a cross, he was exalted to the right hand of God. And Paul yeah. later uh, in chapter three says that he too will yep. be given the same glorified heavenly body. So he is saying like, I'm living the gospel. Yeah. Like I'm participating in it. I'm being in Christ. I'm suffering and I will be raised. That's why he can have joy yep. in suffering Yep. because he knows what's on the other side of it. And beyond that though, it's not just knowing what's on the other side of it. Like, oh, well, that's like, that's Romans eight stuff where he's like, I don't even want to compare Yep. present suffering to future glorification. This is different. He's saying, I'm happy. I have joy in suffering. Why? Because I am being Christ and he has a joy in being Christ. Yes. Like, so this is what blew my mind. Okay. Blew, when I was thinking about mind. this this morning and it was, um, it, it was this, this idea that like, there is a surpassing joy um, that we have the opportunity to be like God to do the things that God does, to take on his character, to operate in the world the way God operated in the world through Jesus. Like, that's a supreme yeah. thing to be able to do. It's yeah. like, do you want to be God-like? Oh, yeah. I mean, there's the original temptation in the garden, right? Right. And Paul is saying, you know what it is to actually be God-like? We just want to throw whatever meaning we have on that. Yeah, we want to define that for ourselves. Right. No. No. He says, it's me being in prison right now. It's like, it's Jesus going to the cross. And, and then right after the Christ hymn, he points to Timothy, his faithful servant. And, he's, and he uses the same words he used to describe Jesus to describe Timothy. Mm-hmm. Because he says he was not looking after his own interests, but he yeah. was looking after the interests of others. He's saying Timothy, by being humble and serving others, is godlike. Yeah. And that's why I'm happy. Yeah. That blows my mind. That's really cool. And he does the same thing for Epaphroditus. He does the same thing for Epaphroditus. Epaphroditus is a man from Philippi. They're worried. Is it, can this be true for us? Mm-hmm. And it's like, look at your, one of your own. Yeah. Epaphroditus, he comes here. He's on the verge of death, like Christ was on the verge of death for us to serve me. He is like God. Yeah. Like, so let me tie a bow on this um, yeah. real quick. Uh, let's think like, okay, gospel-centered moment here. Yeah. Why is it good news mm to be like Christ in suffering Mm. other than, well, because there's glorification on the other side. I think that's that's definitely part of it, but he seems to be reveling in the fact that he is like Christ in suffering and that's good in and of itself. Mm. Like there seems to be something intrinsically good about that. Being like Christ in suffering means that we will be like Christ in his resurrection. Yes, 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 absolutely right. Yeah, absolutely right. But it's like that, that, uh, he seems to, to, he, it, it doesn't seem to be necessary. Hmm. Like it's not. It's not only that, the, the, because there's glorification on the other side. I don't know what you're driving at, but here's what I keep thinking. Okay, as you're yeah, talking. yeah. Verse 25. Convinced of this, I know that I will remain and continue with you all for your progress and joy in the faith, so that in me you may have ample cause to glory in Christ Jesus because of my coming to you again. Hmm. So he's talking about. Um, the fact that he, why he wants to stay alive, why he wants to continue to suffer. And it's so that his people would have joy in the faith. 
And he's imagining the joy of the Philippians Mm -hmm. through his continued suffering. And what I keep thinking about is that phrase from from the book of Hebrews where Jesus says, or where the author says, it was because of the joy that was set so before, before him, him yeah. that he endured the cross. Right. So the joy of what? And it's the joy of what Paul just said, of coming to us again. Mm-hmm. Paul is imagining this day when he the, the faith of the Philippians is completed, their godliness mm-hmm. is over, uh, or is like is Complete, completed, yeah. is completed, and then he gets to see them again. Mm-hmm. Jesus on the cross knows that he's accomplishing the making like God of his people and the fact that one day he will be with them, Mm -hmm. which brings us to one of the other key themes throughout there of the book of Philippians, this idea of like sharing with, partnering with, being in fellowship with. What's the good news of being like Christ is that we get to be with Christ. Yeah, well, that's the end of the Christ hymn. Yeah. So that at the name of Jesus, every knee above heaven, on earth, and under the earth will bow. Yeah. And it's like there is a kingdom that's that's a that's a that's a courtroom scene like or a, a, a inauguration you know yeah and it's like we're there with Jesus mm-hmm. bowing before him there's fellowship there yeah um, I think what I was driving at and I think what you helped me see a little more clearly is I, I think I was trying to create like a, a, a problem a, to solve well <laughs> no like I was trying to create like a, a like a, an isolated case where. I, is there a way to meditate on what it what why is it good news to just join Christ in suffering period mm-hmm. regardless of glorification okay and I'm like okay that world doesn't exist <laughs> right and so it's a pointless yeah. mental exercise um, because so, the, yeah. we will always if we experience Christ if we join Christ in his suffering we will always join him in his resurrection yeah there's never a situation yeah. in which you join Christ in your suffering and not in his and not in his resurrection so I think then without trying to create that false dichotomy. Uh, what I want to say is I do think that there is something here that I have just overlooked yeah. in my Christian life. And that is just like the joy of becoming like Jesus, mm-hmm. of being God-like, but not in the way that I would want to define it. Because wow. I think like some people would want to define it from like Zen Taoism, you know, where it's like, you know, just like have some peace, mm-hmm. you know, and, and rest or like, uh, so, you know, seculars would want to be like, be tolerant and kind, mm-hmm. compassion and do no harm above all. Mm-hmm. You know, uh, others might want to, you know, it, being like God-like is having all the right thoughts about God. Mm-hmm. But it's like, for Paul, at least in Philippians, mm-hmm. being God-like is suffering like God. Yeah. Yeah. And maybe even more mystically, mm-hmm. it's being in Christ. Yes. It's like there is this like, oh, <laughs> you you just opened it for me. Okay, uh, for all for for all the audio onlys here, which is everybody other than Seth, I just had this big aha moment. So he's he's doing the same thing that he was doing with the prison. He's saying like you like I'm in prison, you know, mm-hmm. but it's okay. Yeah, you know, and so like he's like, in fact, my being in prison is proof to me that I'm in Christ, and he's like. The yes, reason why yes. I'm happy to be in prison is because it is confirming to me that I'm sharing with Christ being on the cross. Yes. Christ is on the cross. I'm in prison. Yes. <laughs> like right. I'm joining with him. This is good. If I yeah. wasn't suffering, I'd be a little worried. Yeah. Like that's just anyway. No, no, it's totally it's totally right. There Paul is able to take his sufferings and say, because I'm suffering, I uniquely get to be like Christ in this moment. Mm-hmm. 
And that connection between Christ's suffering and his is a great joy to him. Why? Because he knows that his suffering can't end in suffering. Right. He like, he's in pain, yes, yep. but he won't be forever. That's right. And Christ will come to rescue him soon. Right. Because, One way or the other. Because he's in Christ. Because he is in Christ. Yeah, because he's because he's suffering, he will right. be resurrected. Because he went to his cross, he will rise from the grave. To live is Christ. Yes. I think this is an important way. I think sometimes the way that we think about being in Christ or to live is Christ, we think that we um, get to that place. Mm. We, If we suffer well, then we're in Christ. Mm-hmm. If we obey his commands, that's the moment that we're in Christ and we're intimate with him. Paul says it more simply. No, if you have been saved by Christ, to live is Christ. Right. Your life is now Christ. Your life is now Christ. <laughs> what you do now is Christ. Yes. Like suffering now, you're like Christ. Rejoicing now, you're like Christ. Giving birth now, you're like Christ. Right. Like running a business, you're like Christ. If you've been saved by Christ. To live is to Christ. <laughs> is to verb Christ. <laughs> yes. And okay. that's encouraging yeah. because it it means just like what he says. I know that through others' prayers and by the power of the Spirit of Jesus Christ, all things will turn out for our deliverance. Okay, so like a lot of Paul's letters, he has, like in Ephesians and Colossians, it's really clear. First half is theology. Second half, practical application. Right. Generally. Mm -hmm. Uh, Philippians doesn't really work that way quite so clearly. In fact, it usually butts the two up next to each other really closely to where they almost sound like they're contradicting each other. That's kind of exactly right. So he has this whole section (laughs) of... uh, Kind of exactly. (laughs) Kind of exactly right. (laughs) He has this whole section about being in Christ And then he turns around and says, immediately afterwards, therefore, my beloved, as you have, again, beloved. He doesn't refer to many. He loves these guys. As you have always obeyed, so now, not only in my presence, but much more in my absence, work out your own salvation with fear and trembling. Strange phrase. So, yeah. Work out my salvation? God who works in you. Both to will and to work for his good pleasure. Work out your salvation because Christ is working. Yes, Wait, that's, what? That's that's the logic he's using. So if we have this really tight logic, when we have been saved by Christ, mm-hmm. we are in Christ. Yes. Our life is Christ. Yep. Running a business, making drinks at Starbucks is Christ. Suffering is Christ. God is working in us. Right. In Christ is in us working. Yes. Now we strive... Yes. To obey his commands. And we work out, we don't earn our salvation, but we work out the implications of our salvation mm. with fear and trembling because we now carry in us the spirit of Jesus Christ that resurrects suffering people. Mm-hmm. And we, in fear and trembling of that great power, that great responsibility, that great calling, work out the implications of that because God is at work in us. Yes. It, okay. So I think... Because maybe it's because it's Christmas time, okay. Um, which my two-year-old refuses to like allow as a word. He can't. Anytime Christmas like, time, I'm like, it's Christmas. Christmas time. He's like, no, Christmas. I'm like, well, no, it's Christmas time. Anyway, it's really funny. <laughs> uh, but I like because it's Christmas time. Uh, I, I just like want to. My daughter has chosen to believe in Santa Claus this year. Oh, she's decided. Like we we never talked about Santa. Okay, yeah. 
but like her friends at school believe uh-huh. in Santa. Shiloh, who's five, does not believe in Santa. He will tell Sunny to her face. But, but, but his my, older my, sister. My older, do- my older daughter, his older sister, will violently defend <laughs> Santa with logical <laughs> arguments to which my five-year-old says, that's not true. <laughs> that's amazing. Anyway, Christmas time. Christmas time. Um, anyway, uh, you, you talked about this difference between working out your salvation and earning your salvation. Yeah. And I just thought of a Christmas carol. Okay. So I for a second, I was like, oh, I think it's like a Christmas carol because... You know, he's, he's shown his future and it's all terrible. And then he, the implications of what he's been shown, he lives differently. Yep. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> because if he doesn't live differently, he will still have the same fate. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and I think that's how, I think a lot of us have Christmas carol mm-hmm. salvations. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Where it's like, we know what the end will be now. We've been told the gospel. We mm-hmm. know there's a heaven and a hell. We know that Jesus has done everything necessary to save us. And so we believe in him and then we act differently because we don't mm-hmm. want that fate. Right. That's a Christmas carol, not the Christian story. Hmm. The Christian, the Christmas, the Christian story, I'm getting confused here. The <laughs> Christian story is that you, when you put your faith in Christ, Christ came in you and therefore your future has changed. So if you got ghost of Christmas futured, you would not see Ebenezer Scrooge on your tombstone anymore. The yeah. future would be different because Christ is in you, yeah. and now you are working out towards a new future. I got there. You got there. It was a it was a windy well, road. It was like I had this another interesting parenting moment okay. that's really helpful here. Shiloh was being kind of Shiloh. My my son was kind of being a jerk to his sister, and then he was like, he says, "I'm like, I hate you. I don't oh. know, whatever." And Sonny was like, "Well, if you hate me, that means you hate God." And you're going to hell. Oh, <laughs> man. I was like, whoa, 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 whoa. <laughs> so much just happened. And I was like, so much just happened. And I was like, and I was like, I had that thought in my mind. I was like, the reason we act differently is not the fear of going to hell. Right. It's the vision that we have been saved by Christ's death and resurrection, his love for us on the cross. Yeah. And I was trying to communicate this to a five and a seven year old who were over it before I even started. So they should listen to this podcast. <laughs> <laughs> they should. <laughs> uh, so anyway, I bring all that up to, to, to like just try to like add flesh to this very mystical yeah. point of like, okay, we are in Christ, and so Christ is working in me, and so I'm working out that reality. And for Paul in that moment, him working out the reality of him being saved by Jesus was him being in prison. Mm-hmm. He's working out salvation while being in prison. Yeah. Okay. And then he goes on and says here, so do all things without grumbling or disputing. Right. Which is a really kind of earthy way. Very. Say, okay, you're in Christ, this mystical union with the one who made the universe and is saving you. So don't complain. About the speed limit. About (laughs) Yeah, it's like that's really the way it feels. (laughs) So don't grumble or complain. I think that's actually the same phrasing that is in Exodus. Oh, oh, like the chief sin of the Exodus was like they were just grumbling and And complaining complaining about about, the food. Well, about the lot that God had given them. Yeah. So like... We've been saved. Oh, but I don't like the food out here. Or or more in in their context, like we're suffering. Right. Like everyone's against us. Our, 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 the guy who planted our church is in prison. Like you, 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 Mm. you Odia and Syntyche over here keep bickering with each other. It's like, I, I... This right. might not be worth it. Yeah. You you've just as Israel was saved from Egypt, you too have been saved. And now as they were working out their salvation on the way to the promised land, like yeah. the their their destiny was ahead of them. Right. But instead they grumbled and complained yeah. because they didn't trust that God was in them in their suffering. Mm-hmm. So don't do that. 
Don't do that. Shine like lights in the world. I literally was reading this whole letter with an eye to any Old Testament reference. And I missed, I definitely I missed, missed that, that one. one. Definitely I, missed I, that one. I, I was realizing it as we were reading it. But like the whole thing, like he calls him, uh, anyway, he says, so hold fast instead. Yeah. Don't grumble. Don't complain. Hold fast to the word of life. And that idea of holding fast, he'll say stand firm. Later on, he'll say strive, straining towards the goal that's yes. in Christ. This idea that along with being in Christ comes like extraordinary effort yeah. is a big part of the light of the Philippians. Big time. Yeah. And, and and so it leads to kind of a question I had and more just like something to dialogue about. Because I was like, when I think about um, books of the Bible that most often get misused to be legalistic yeah i think of james yep but as i was reading this i was like man i think a lot of these verses i've often heard misused oh yeah uh the 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 i can do all things through christ who strengthens me yes That's philippians yes. uh there's a lot of there's there's a lot of little pearls little pearls not little uh nuggets <laughs> yes um and so <sighs> I, I think maybe help just flesh out a little bit here i think we've already talked about it a bit but the difference between like striving for your salvation. Like Paul talks about like, I'm, I'm running after pressing on to take hold of the goal. Not that I've already attained it, but I press on mm-hmm. and I'm like, wait, so is he not a Christian yet? Like he's pressing on to take hold, hold of something like, yeah, he says, verse 14, brothers, or 13, brothers, I do not consider that I have made it on my own. I'm not perfect. Yeah. But one thing I do, I forget what lies behind me and I strain forward to what lies ahead. I press on towards the goal for the prize. So here's the prize. Yes. The upward call of God in Christ Jesus, mm. which is an interesting phrase. The upward call, which is in, so being in Christ mm-hmm. is the upward call. The upward call. Is and there's striving that takes place. I thought we were already in Christ and Paul says we've been taken hold of by Christ already. Yeah. Like, yeah. What's going on? I think what's going on is we are positionally, mm-hmm. uh, theologically, in Christ by virtue of his, of his saving work on the cross and our faith in him, which is the point he makes right before this. Yep. This, this He's like, I could have trusted in my Jewish heritage, but I don't. I trust by that Jesus died on the cross for my sins. That's why I'm in Christ. Right. So there's a sense we're theologically in Christ. That can't be touched by our efforts, by enemies, by our circumstances. We are in Christ. But I think there's like an experiential aspect of being in Christ that is also available to us Mm. not just like um a mystical feeling that we might get in worship which i think that's part of it part of it yeah but i also think that sense of like no we are holy like god is holy we are like god on the earth like that is what i think he's talking about the upward call of god in christ jesus is that he's striving to look like the one who saved him with Mm. everything he has in him yeah so what what popped into my head, which uh, you, which you unlocked for me, is um, think about the Bible this way. The Bible has positional theological truths about it. It's the Word of God. Um, uh, it's sweeter than honeycomb. It's more precious than gold. Right? Much more to be desired than anything. You know. Yeah. Uh, but you just look at it, and even if you just casually read it, it does not come off that way. You have to mm. press in. And work hard yeah. to experience the reality of what is just true of that book. I mean, I, I mean, that could be true of any book. Like, 
Oh man, great expectations. Two Charles Dickens references in one yeah. podcast. What's Solid. This one? Christmas oh, Carol. Christmas Carol. <laughs> I was like, what are we talking about? I had the Muppets in my mind so the whole time. I. You were I mean, so did I, that. to so be I was fair. Like, Charles Dickens was like six degrees of separation from Muppets. <laughs> uh, but like, you can say that in any book. Like, oh, Great Expectations is a great book. I look at it. It looks like a horrible book. The cover art is boring. It's very thick. The words are small. It's in a different time frame. No, no, no. But if you take the time to read it, mm-hmm. like you'll, you'll experience it as good. Yeah. And he's saying the same thing. Like, I'm in Christ. Yeah. And there's an upward call now that like, I look at my life. I'm like, I don't look like Christ. Yeah. So I'm going to press in yeah. and work hard and run hard to, after, to, to, to experience that, to be what I am. Yeah. And that, that's not earning something that is uncovering what's already there. Yeah. Like, uh, like, like, like discovering a good book. Dallas Willard says grace, the grace of God saving us is not opposed to effort, mm-hmm. but to earning. Yes. We're not earning yes. God's good opinion out of us, but that doesn't mean there's no effort. There's no effort involved. Right. In the same way, like if anybody has suffered to any degree, it is a tre- takes a tremendous deal of effort just to survive the ordeal, deal with the the, the trauma after it, mm-hmm. let alone remain faithful to Christ in the middle of it. Mm-hmm. Like effort in suffering on its own is intense. But that upward call, that forgetting what happened in the past and striving for something that we are not yet takes effort yes and paul's saying it's worth it like being like christ is worth it yeah and then he turns it around and he says i don't want that just for myself i want it for you verse 4 chapter 1 therefore my brothers whom i love and long for you are my joy and my crown Mm -hmm. stand firm my beloved Mm -hmm. and again i think keep thinking about jesus because of the joy set before him he endured the cross. Mm-hmm. Ephesians even says that God considers us his inheritance. Oh, right. That's we crazy. are God's. In, when G, God dies, he gets us. Oof. When the reason God died is because he knew he would get us. Yeah. And in the same way that Paul sees the Philippians as his joy and crown, Jesus dies because he knows we will become his joy and crown. And in fact, we are already becoming his joy and crown. So no wonder Paul can rejoice and strain and strive to look more like the one who considers him that way. Yeah. Oh, that's, well, that's beautiful. Um, Okay. Uh, I'm, I'm, oh, there's one thing I want to talk about in chapter three uh, before we move on to chapter four and as he really turns the tables Mm -hmm. in chapter four. Um, Thumb screws come out. Yes. Uh, but in chapter three, there's this brief mention of what is usually reserved to be like the main point of one of Paul's letters. Yeah. And it's just like a throwaway comment almost. This is a, I mean, this is a pretty big, famous verse in scripture. Yep. It says, I'm a, if anyone has any confidence in the flesh, I have more circumcised on the eighth day, the people of Israel, the tribe of Benjamin, a Hebrew of Hebrews studied under Galamalel as to zeal. Galamalel. Galamalel. Uh, as to righteousness under the law, blameless. Right. Whatever gain I had, though, I count as loss right. for the sake of knowing Christ our Lord. So he goes through this his rap sheet, his resume, and he's like, I am probably the coolest, baddest, most, you know... Most Hebrew of Hebrews. Most Hebrew of Hebrews. Um, he's like, 
uh, and he's saying this because he said, now, right before that, he says, watch out for the Judaizers. You know, like, watch out for those. Does he say dogs in this one? He says, look out for the dogs. The dogs. Evildoers. Those who mutilate their flesh. Yep. And he talks about circumcision right after it. So he's, yeah. he's talking about this whole issue of Jewish circumcision mm -hmm. uh, being kind of shorthand for, like, you have to obey the Jewish law. You have to become a Jew to become a Christian. You need to be in the Jewish lineage before you're in Christ. Yeah. Being in Christ isn't enough. You need to be in the Torah. Yep. You need to be in Moses. Mm -hmm. And he and and that's usually takes on like the full weight of a letter. You know, you think of Galatians or something like that. Yeah. But here he just touches it. And I think, you know, he could be doing this because he just knows yeah. that that but, problem's out there and wants to flag it for his friends. Um and, and but then I th I think it's also he uses it as a as a use case. It's a widely known problem in the church and so he uses it as a use case because he says okay so there are people out there who are using their jewishness mm -hmm. to elevate themselves above others we just read the christ hymn god right. did not elevate yeah. himself yeah uh so, but jews are elevating themselves above above others i'm the jewish the, I'm Jew the most jewish I'm the most jews. jewish person here i'm the yeah. i have the highest creditation yeah you know and yet that's filth to me yeah because i have christ yeah, I'm in being in Christ is greater than being in the circumcision or in the right. Torah or in I don't want to put the Torah against Christ. No, but, like, but you, it's like that's what he's saying. I mean, I mean, I, I mean to, to I think land on what you're trying to say there. It's like because if I'm in Christ, I have the fullness and completion of the Torah yeah. and of Moses and of circumcision. Yeah, he no longer rejoices in his ethnic lineage, his cultural lineage. He rejoices in in the fact that he has Christ given to him. Yeah, I mean, I mean, case in point, verse 3 of chapter 3 uh being like the fulfillment. He's like because we are the circumcision. There's yeah. no there's there's no longer a physical circumcision mm -hmm. whenever we have the heart of sin cut out of us and have Christ put into us. Mm -hmm. That is the circumcision that why, God has always been aiming at. And why that's significant here, especially, is like if there is this like Judaizing mm -hmm. or like these Jewish people trying to like persecute the Christians, more than likely this church was predominantly Gentile because of what Philippi was. It was a Roman colony in Greece. Yeah. So this is where all the veterans went once they retired, mm -hmm. like from the Roman oh, army. Okay. So this is like. They were proud to be Roman. Yep. Uh, and then for Paul to respond to the Jewish influence and say, no, these Romans are the circumcision who have faith oh. in Jesus Christ. Ouch. Uh, like, uh, because we don't put confidence in the flesh. Right. That's a pretty, that's a pretty big broadside to anybody claiming that's otherwise. Right. So his whole point there is uh, there is more glory in humility. Like... Yes. Like, mm. just like Jesus was God and yet humbled himself, it doesn't matter that I'm the Hebrew of Hebrews. I'd rather humble myself and have Christ. Yeah. And so he then turns the tables. Do you, and he says, that, oh, yeah, go ahead. So that I may know him uh -huh. and the power of his resurrection and may share in his sufferings, becoming like him in his death. He's like, right. what's he glorying in? He's glorying in the fact that he gets to suffer with Christ and be raised with Christ. Yeah. And that's more important than celebrating his his Jewish heritage. Right. And so um yeah, that's amazing. Okay, so really quick, we need to end, we need to wrap this up. Um he turns the tables at the end mm -hmm. and he's like, "Okay, so it's all being in Christ is being happy to suffer and to be humble and to go low and to like want fellowship with others, like and to want them to be crowns, you know, <laughs> like yep. all this kind of stuff." And so he's like, "Okay, so uh, Euodia and Syntyche, stop fighting. 
Yes. Because <laughs> apparently yeah. there were two women in this church, prominent mm-hmm. women, probably mm-hmm. leaders in the church, and they were at odds. We don't know why, um, but they were fighting. And he says, be like Christ. Mm-hmm. Be like Timothy. You know, yep. be like me. And just be humble and love each other and have joy in that. Yep. And that's, that's yeah. That's sweet. So he what he's been doing the whole letter, yeah. he was like, as I've been mimicking Christ, as Timothy and Epaphroditus have been looking like Christ, as we are working out our salvation and what it means to look like Christ, Yodia and Syntyche, dear women, be like them. Mm-hmm. Do Be like Timothy and Paul. Be like Jesus towards one another. Rejoice and move on. Yeah. <laughs> so the point for us then is like, I can always think of people that I haven't been humble toward, you know, people that like in situations in which I am not humble and that I do grasp on to a position of power that I've been given. Mm-hmm. And I do count equality with so-and-so person of influence as something to be grasped, you know, yeah. and I'm not like Christ. Yeah. And I think, I think that doing that will bring me joy. I think that getting more power mm-hmm. and rising up higher and putting myself above others will make me happier and more content. It's the American dream. Contentment mm-hmm. is found in the upward call of consumerism, not yeah. the upward call of Christ, which is a downward call to the cross. And so for me, what I, as I'm just meditating on everything we just said, I'm just like, man, I am Euodia and Syntyche, mm-hmm. and I elevate myself above others because I want joy. Yeah. And what Paul is saying to me is, David, you have been taken hold of by Christ, so work out the salvation that was earned for you in the cross by going low, humbling yourself, not being afraid to suffer, be joyful, because in that you will have, you will count everything else as rubbish. Yeah. And so that, anyway, there's that's what he says me. it right before it. He says he's talking about evildoers, mm-hmm. people who are not acting as Christ in Christ's humility, and says their end is destruction, their God is their belly, and they glory in their shame uh, with mindset on earthly things. Mm-hmm. So you just named it. Like, what does it mean for? our belly to be our gods Mm -hmm. it means to think that what we consume and what we have is all there is yep and he's saying if all you put your stock in is the circles of influence you could be in but don't have yet the money that you don't have in your bank account yet the new line of credit that you don't have Mm -hmm. the uh food that you wish you could buy from whole foods but it's too expensive (laughs) because you know whole foods uh that thing will all that will be destroyed yeah but our citizenship, mm-hmm. verse 20, is in heaven. And from it, we await a savior, the Lord Jesus Christ, who will transform our lowly bodies to be like his glorious body by the power that enables him even to subject all things to himself. Mm-hmm. It's like you're straining and striving for this one thing. Don't content yourself with the gods of this world. Don't content yourself with the disputes where yeah, you- whatever quarrel you're having. Submit to one another, humble yourselves, one another, consider other other people more significant than yourself because one day God's <laughs> going to remake your body. And you know what that new made body is going to be? Is going to tend towards and be best at? Humbling itself. Yes. It's going to be really good at being humble because it's going to be Christ's. Yes. So be like Christ when he died yeah. and be like who you'll become soon mm. and do it now. Yeah. Amen. That's really good. Well, that's Philippians. That's Philippians. Yeah. Thank you guys for joining us. And Merry uh, Christmas. And Merry Christmas. And yeah, we're going to start a rebroadcast of Genesis next week. Is that right? That's right. Okay, yep. great. So we hope you, we really hope you enjoy that. We really enjoyed yes. putting it out there for you guys. So we hope you enjoy it again. And, and um, on the 21st of December, mm-hmm. we'll have a special event that you can also attend. We're doing a, yes. a spoken gospel 
Summit? Summit, yeah. Online event, live. Uh, you'll hear from Seth, me, um, our uh, COO, Eric. You're mm-hmm. going to see some new videos. I'm going to perform a new poem. We're going to hear about impact. We're going to hear from our partners at Uversion. Lots awesome. of cool things. So, yeah, SpokenGospelSummit.com, I believe, is how you can sign up for that. Yeah, so, and just join us and watch it's free, us online. It's free. Register. Yes. Yeah. Okay. We appreciate you guys. Merry Christmas. Bye. Thank you for listening to the Spoken Gospel Podcast. Spoken Gospel is a nonprofit that gives all its resources, like this podcast, away for free because of supporters like you. To help Spoken Gospel in our mission to speak the gospel out of every corner of Scripture and view all our free resources, visit SpokenGospel.com.